Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits, and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers, welcome to another episode of the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. Today, I am so happy to have Miss Ariana Bradford on. She is an advocate expert in understanding ADHD. And we spoke today to really help shed some light on the fascinating world of ADHD and really working to challenge the notion that it's a disorder versus a different way of thinking. And, you know, in the conversation, we talked about, you know, liking it to how people write with their left hand versus write with their right hand. It's just a different way that our brain processes information. And, you know, we talked about how ADHD affects our daily life, the societal pressures, um, why it's having a moment now, the struggles that, you know, ADHD folks have, um, tools, medication. We dove into so many different things about ADHD, and I think you will really enjoy this episode. Uh, Ariana has some great information on her website, which will be listed at the end of the show notes here. So grab your favorite beverage and headphones and sit back and take a listen to today's thought-provoking conversation. All right, magic makers. And as always, if you love anything you hear, do me a favor, leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. And here is this week's iTunes review. It comes to you from Dub by V. She writes, I love the podcast. You speak your mind and you don't sugarcoat anything. I love your energy and your good spirit. Oh, that just fills my heart. You don't even understand how much I enjoy these reviews. So please, if you feel the need, please go to iTunes or wherever you watch, watch, listen to this podcast. Do me a favor and hit me up with a five-star review. I absolutely love them. They mean the world to me and I will read it on my podcast. So thank you so much, Dub by V. It does mean the world to me. Okay, Magic Makers, this has been a topic that I've wanted to talk about probably for about a year, but it was really about finding the right person. And there are a lot of people who can talk to you scientifically. They can give you all the spew, all the stuff, but you know me, I don't need that. I need you to cut to the chase and really understand how it works and how it can apply to my life as well as your life. And that's why I found Miss Ariana Bradford. She is talking all about ADHD. She is an ADHD coach. She's a budding herbalist, a public speaker. And she really, I really like her vibe about it's like, Sure, you have this diagnosis, but how do we start to put it into our life versus being our labels? So Ariana, please welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And it was, you know, I started following you on Instagram and I just really liked the tone that you had about ADHD, where I feel that nowadays in our society, you get labeled Mm -hmm. and then either you're like relieved that I have a label Or you get a label and you're like, well, what do I do with this now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not quite, having the label is not the answer and you hope that it will be and then it's not. And then, you know, you're kind of like, what now? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's go back. You know, I know when I was a kid that we didn't talk about this. Like it was, it was. Unless you were straight up crazy, bouncing yourself off of a wall, you were never talked about any type of behavioral issue other than you were just a, a disruptor. Hey there, magic makers. Are you tired of the constant struggle to try to stay on track with your daily healthy tasks? Do you dream of finally achieving that smooth and steady, sustainable progress when it comes to weight loss? I got you. 
I've got something that's going to blow your mind and I call it operation consistency. Now, I know what you're thinking. Consistency. Oh, it's so much easier said than done. Wrong. With operation consistency, I'm flipping the script on your daily routine and helping you to stay on track like it's a piece of cake. I know, cake. Oh, <laughs> yes, ladies, you heard me right. It's time to make consistency your superpower. Imagine 66 days from now, you're going to look back and see the incredible strides you've made and whispering to yourself or yelling at anybody who will listen. I did it. No more complicated schedules or grueling workouts. I'm talking simple, realistic activities that you can handle with everyday life. I mean, come on. I am not asking you to flip a Buick or run a marathon. It is all about healthy, achievable actions that will keep you moving forward day after day. So toss your doubts aside. Join Operation Consistency today. It is time to show yourself how consistent you can be. Say goodbye to the roller coasters of ups and downs and hello to a life of steady progress. Don't wait any longer. Make a change that will keep your momentum going strong. Operation Consistency is your secret weapon to becoming the consistent powerhouse you've always wanted to be. Are you ready? So go down, join the link below to unlock your path to consistency and success. Now is the time to rock your goal. So let's get excited. Here is to a consistent, unstoppable you. What exactly is ADHD and then why is it having such a moment now? So ADHD stands for... Um, attention, hyperactive, hyperactivity. Sorry, I almost hit my mic with my face. Uh, I, I use, I move my whole body to talk. And so I was like, nah. um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, and I'm going to say right now that I have, and I've said this multiple times, that I have a theory that eventually we will no longer consider it a disorder and that we will consider it just a way that a good number of people's brains work, that it, this is just the way that another person thinks because it is having such, as you put it, such a moment. Um, it, it's essentially... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this because you would think that after all this time of talking about it, I could put it in short, in, in like a short sentence, but I can't because it is a much bigger thing than just that label. Right. Um, but it's essentially, you know, we, we let's, let's put it this way. We are built on a society that is diurnal instead of nocturnal, that mm. is very um, reliant on being able to organize, on being able to think about doing something and getting right to it, on right. being able to be focused for long periods of time. And when you have ADHD, those things are not things that your brain can do. Um, and it is considered a disorder or you are considered disordered when you cannot do these things. But I truly believe that the reason that we are considered disordered is because the society that we have grown up in has made those things. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, has made those things necessary to do, but also necessary to do in a certain way. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what I mean by that is that when you have ADHD, um, not being able to focus is not enough, right? It has to be something where regardless of how hard you try to focus, once you push past a certain amount of time, uh, you just can't anymore. And generally that amount of time is pretty short, right? Like yeah. you can you know, you're a person who can focus for 15 minutes on one thing. And then if you don't take a break, you find that you can't and you just can't push past that 15 minutes, no matter how badly you want to. Right. Um, executive dysfunction is another thing that you're going to struggle with. And that is the inability basically to uh, get get to it. Right. Like yeah. you'll think like, man, I really need to get to the laundry and everybody procrastinates. Let me make that clear. Exactly. Everybody procrastinates. But what makes it different is you will think I'm going to get to that laundry and it's chronic. 
like two weeks later, that same laundry, you've been picking the clothes out of that laundry and doing the laundry eventually, but it still stays in that pile on the floor. And essentially it comes from, you know, your brain just not being able to get you to do the things you know you you want to do or that you should do. Um, and then, you know, we also have things like time blindness. Uh, people with ADHD mm. generally tend to be uh, unable to feel the passage of time is the best way to describe that. You know, you'll sit there and if you really get into something, you hyper focus, you start, you look up, it's been eight hours. <laughs> you just don't know how. Or on the other side of that, you're trying to force yourself to do something that you really don't want to do. You're like, it's got to have been two hours. By now you look up, it's been five minutes. You yep. generally don't have a very good understanding of the passage of time. So those are just a few things. Um, and, and all of that stuff is considered disordered because we live in a, a world that just hasn't quite caught up to that yet. And anytime that I say this, there are always people who say, oh, well, in what world would it be good to be late? Or in what world would it be great to not get anything done? And while I understand that, I'm not necessarily saying that we should live in a society where it's totally okay not to get anything done, but I think that we should live in a society where it is okay to admit that you cannot get it done today, that your brain is just not going to let you get it done today, right? Um, or that you're only going to be able to do a tiny bit of it today and maybe more tomorrow. Um, so that's why I, I don't necessarily believe that it is a full-on disorder. I just think that we haven't allowed ourselves to put certain safeguards into the way that we do things to work with brains that may not necessarily be able to do all of the things that neurotypical brains can. Very, right. very long answer. Also no, no, kind no. of common with ADHD, but there you go. No, but you know, I like that. And I want to like, um, there's a bunch of things you said that I want to unpack. Like the first part is like when you, when you said, you know, the, the, our society isn't built to deal with people who we think differently. Mm -hmm. And that could be ADHD or just other people who just like our thoughts are just too big, too much for right now. And mm -hmm. I kind of liken it to back in like, I think it's like the thirties and the forties. If you wrote with your left hand. Yes. It was like, you must write with your right hand. You know, there was and no society still not well made for people who write with left, left hands. Right. I have talked to so many people who are like, I get pen smudges on my hands. Sitting at a desk is hard when you write with your left hand. It's right. We still haven't caught on. to <laughs> Right. But I liken it to that where it's like you have to write with your right hand. And there was no yeah. rhyme or reason for it other than that's what the majority of people did. And so that's how, like, as you were describing it, I was like, yeah, the majority of people have no problem sitting down and saying, I'm going to work on X project right now for the next X number of hours. And as someone who identifies as ADHD, like some days, yeah, I'm all in. Other days I'm like, so what's going on? And you're just sitting here and like, no matter how hard you tell yourself, park your ass down and get this done. Your brain, your brain's like, yeah, girl, it's not happening today. It's not happening today. And you're not allowed to say that right now. Um, right. right now, you know, or if you say it, you were supposed to feel ashamed or like you failed. You know, you're supposed to be like, oh, man, I had to take a day off because or not take a day off. Say that you like work and you can't take a day off. But like I couldn't work on this thing that I was supposed to work on today because my brain wouldn't allow me to. And that is a somehow a failing yes. on my part. Instead of being able to say, yeah, just sometimes some brains just won't let you do the stuff that you need to do that day. And that it's okay to allow yourself to do teeny tiny bits of it or to just put it off to the next day. Putting it off to the next day is something that is shamed constantly. We're not okay, supposed yeah. to do that. And it's like, for some people that's necessary and that yeah. that isn't a moral failing of any shape, way or form. So... So as you, you know, as you're kind of working through ADHD, you know, be it a new diagnosis or just finally realizing like, this is why I haven't been able to focus on crap, mm -hmm. you know, for those people who kind of feel like what you just said, like the shame of like, I'm supposed to be on deadline for a said project. Do you, do you tell them like, Hey, five minutes is better than no minutes. Right. So if, like, even if you can get five minutes of whatever thing done and you just like, I just can't push through no matter what. I trick, I try, it's not going to work. Or, you know, are we working with people to be like, how do we kind of rewire our brain? Right. So 
the impolite way that I put that, uh, and I hope I'm allowed to swear. Oh, I love swearing. Bring on the okay, good, too. good, good. Because the way that I put it is half-assed is better than no-assed. True. So, you know, if I have, I've had clients who have been like, man, I was supposed to have sent out this email, but I really only wrote like half of it. And then I just didn't want to do the rest. And I did. And I'll say, okay, well, how urgent is this email? Well, I need to get it out by Friday. Well, today is Wednesday and you did half of it. So half-assed is better than no-assed. And that's kind of the way that, that I feel we should be approaching most things. Obviously, are there some things that you should probably do a hundred percent? Yes. Um, but for a lot of things that are connected to work or even household chores, um, it really is okay to just do parts of it. It really is okay to just sit there and say, I'm going to get to the laundry today. And then you're like, I can't do that. So maybe all you do is wander around the house, find all of the dirty clothes and drop them into that pile. And then that's it for the day. You've still done something. Right. And um, probably my favorite example was I was talking to someone who had to write an essay and they were like, I'm just having like a really hard time writing this essay. I don't really know how to get uh, to the end of it. I keep sitting down to do it and I won't. I sit right. down to do it and I'll have two hours to myself. And at the end of those two hours, I have watched TikTok. I've watched cat videos and I have done nothing. And I said to them, okay, well, what are you trying to do? Are you sitting down with the hope of writing the whole thing? And they'll say, yes. And I say, well, there's your mistake. Your brain has uh, decided this is too much. Like one thing that I have noticed, and I do this too, and this is how I have how I've come to recognize this in other people with ADHD is a lot of us have brains that think steps way, way, like steps ahead, right? Yes. Always ahead. And because of that, sometimes this works out positively and sometimes this works out negatively. This works out negatively for us because we start running through all the steps that we have to do. And the next thing we know, our brain is like, that's, this is too much. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. and I don't want to. So the next thing it, we know, it's like, I want to slow this down. I don't want to do this. I'm tired just thinking about it cat videos for you, cat videos for all. I don't want to do this. And so instead of sitting down and thinking, I'm going to write this whole paper, what I told him to do is I said, I want you to sit down and I want you to pick just, I, I want you to first off, think of what all the steps are in this, in this project, because your brain's doing that anyway. So write it right. all down. Then I want you to go ahead and pick just one step. And that's what you're going to focus on. Now, mm. if after you do that step, you feel ready to move on to the next step. Great. If you don't, don't worry about it. Right. And uh, he said to me, well, what if that first step, I can't even get the first step done. I said, then you haven't gotten it small enough. Mm. You want to make it so small that your brain's like, I can do that. Right. Um, and he laughed and I was only half joking. I said, even if it's just, I'm picking out a font and margins today. Right, right. You know, and, and he kind of laughed and I was like, I'm only halfway joking. Like if that's all you can do for the day, right. that's all you can do. But sometimes also just doing that, your brain starts to feel like, that's easy. I can, I did it. I did that part. I could at least type, you know, three words and then right. you type three words. And the next thing you know, you've typed three paragraphs and then maybe you've typed three pages, but it doesn't have to go that way. All you're trying to do is you're trying to say, I, uh, I realize, okay, this is a form of self-compassion. I realize that I can't do all of that today. Right. So what can I do? And coming at it with that attitude generally, yeah, they tend to kind of get to a point where where they're like, I did something. I did I, half-assed is better than no-assed. I did something. Right. No, and I, and I like that. I, I'm, that's one of my biggest approaches, especially when it comes to my primary focus is weight loss. That's my primary focus when it comes to weight loss because, you know, you get in your head that I got this for food and this for exercise, this, 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 and this, and you just kind of just, whoa, too yep. much. And yep. you kind of, you just, you just, you're just stalled because you're just like, what lane do I get into? But I like that. What the thought process where you said is like, write it all down, like get it out. Mm -hmm. And then it's kind of like, now you can organize it, but you still have to take some actions here. It's not right. like it's on a piece of paper. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. And I'm going to, and I'm going to make it clear. Sometimes that is the only action you can do, right? Agreed. Sometimes, but then you sometimes know, but... just getting it down, right? Or sometimes the action could even be just setting a date to start. Even yeah. if you're like, I can't do this today, but you know what? Thursday, Thursday's my day. Exactly. That's still action. It it really when going back to I, I hate that I'm doing so much. We live in a society, but we do. We live in a society that acts like action only is in the body. 
yeah. if you're not moving, if you're not doing something with your body, you are you are not doing anything. And right. that's not true. Sometimes the action has to be in the mind. Right. And that's totally and completely okay. And and, and I 100% agree. And But I feel like some of the, you know, especially the women that I work with, um, I feel that men don't fall into this ADHD category of just, you mm-hmm. know, the hyper-focus, the time blindness, all, they fall into that category, the overwhelm. But I also feel like it then pushes into this perfection. Yes. Yes. Perfectionism um, is a huge problem with ADHDers for sure. Because you, you know, you get caught in that cycle of why can't I be like someone else? Yes, that is part of it. And I think there's also this fear of, you know, um, I was doing a little bit of reading uh, recently and found that ADHD children generally tend to receive, I think it's something like 10,000 more negative messages than regular Mm. kids by the time they're the age of 10. That's a lot of times being told that there's something about you that is a problem. And when you're told that many times that something about you naturally, the way that you are, something that you can't help is an issue, Mm. you're going to try to respond to that by making up for it with other things. And that's going to come to uh, perfectionism, right? That's going to come to, okay, maybe I'm loud and that puts people off, but I started a drawing of a horse. And if I can do this drawing of the horse perfectly, then everybody's going to forgive the fact that I'm loud, right? Or, uh, yeah, okay, maybe I show up late to things, but if I can turn in this report on time and do better at it than anybody else, it'll be okay that I turned up late. We almost do it as a way for making up for what we think are our failings or what even may be failings, but we, we take it so much more personally uh, than other people do. Yeah. Because they're not quirks, right? They're not quirks. They're failings is how we look at it. Right. And I think it's what, I think is what you said is because uh, you take, we take a little different path Mm -hmm. and because, you know, I think now that it's becoming more recognized, Mm -hmm. you see more and more people taking said path that Mm -hmm. you're not the outlier anymore. Right. You know, it's no longer feeling like you're one of maybe a handful of people in class that. Right. Turn right. in late assignments or, you know, struggle to finish the assignment during the class period or whatever. Right. And it, you know, back in the day, it might have been you were the only one. And now it might be half the class. And the attitude towards ADHD, like there has been a lot of um, con- not controversy, but there have been a lot of arguments in the community about whether or not, you know, um TikTok is making everybody feel like they have ADHD. Oh, God, yeah. Um, And on some levels, I see that. On some levels, I think that there are some people who kind of lose the nuance of the meaning disorder. Mm. And they'll be like, well, I lose things a lot. So I must have ADHD. And it's like, okay, the point is, does it get in the way of your life? Does it mess with the way that you function day to day? And if the answer is no, then, you know, or if you have no other, no other symptoms, then it's just, you can't really go off of a TikTok video to decide that you have ADHD. That's just what I'm saying. But on the other hand, I think the positive part of it is that it has opened up the concept of community, of knowing that you are not the only one that that has these issues, that has these things um, going on that you thought you were the only one to deal with. I mean, back when you and I were growing up, ADHD was a boy disease. It was a child disease. It was a disease for kids who were all over the place and misbehaved a lot. Right. It wasn't for kids. It wasn't for girls. It wasn't for um, anybody who was quiet but tended to daydream. Mm. Uh, It wasn't for anybody who did well in school, who behaved. Uh, And all of that describes me when I was a kid. I was I was. I didn't get, I think I got in trouble uh, a lot in my first three years, but for most of my elementary school and middle school career, I guess, uh, I didn't really get in trouble and I was gifted and talented and I was mostly just kind of to myself writing stories, daydreaming. So no way would I have ADHD according to them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, because I wasn't a problem kid. So 
why would I have a problem disease? But nowadays we're starting to realize as we're watching these things there, we're starting to be able to see, oh, hey, you do this too. Like, I can't tell you how happy I was when once I admitted that sometimes I, I need to work things out and I will work them out uh, aloud, yep. but I'll be walking down the street and I don't want people to think that there's something wrong with me. So I'll put headphones in and pretend I'm talking on the phone when I'm not. And I remember admitting that and being like, I'm afraid that this is going to be a little bit too per. And I have people being like, I do that too. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. Somebody admitted that they do it too. Yes. So it was just nice to, you know, know that you're not the only person who does these things. You're not alone. Yeah. It's, it's funny because you're, you're right. Like, as I, I like looked back at my elementary school, like I wasn't, I wasn't too, I wasn't outrageous. Right. So like, that's when you got attention when you are outrageous. Yes. I, daydreamed I literally had to talk through my thoughts in order to figure things out and I, I still to say I have time blindness I literally have to set alarms for me to do stuff because I will like some I have those days of hyper focus where I'm just like today's the yep. day I, I'm in it I'm getting shit done yep. and last week I had a podcast interview and I didn't set an alarm and Oops. blew like blew it off like at five o'clock I went into my email and they're like oh we were supposed to meet at three I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah no i mean and here's the thing sometimes that'll happen like i'm generally pretty good but that's because i have it set up so that i have notifications for everything and it's multiple notifications yes i don't get a notification i don't get multiple notifications i will forget and it's especially if i'm not feeling well or if i've had like a really bad week i will just suddenly like this poor woman she was super kind about it but it happened three times that i kept forgetting that i had a meeting with her and i kept it, it was just because it was one of those where it literally reminded me once and once ain't enough <laughs> no <laughs> no once is not enough and no. so it would remind me one time and I'd be like, okay, I have this thing tomorrow. And we were also going through a lot at that time. A lot of stuff was happening in the house. And then I would get an email saying, hey, so-and-so uh, has been waiting around for you for like the last two hours. And I'm going, oh no. <laughs> like, right. You know, it's, it's very, it's very common. Um, but, but, you know, that's been something also, it's funny, uh, I had this conversation with my husband recently because I had somebody who was a potential client who got frustrated because we were going to have a, a meeting. They forgot it. And the second time I kind of said, hey, listen, you know, if you can't guarantee that you're going to be there, then we shouldn't have the meeting. And they said, but forgetting things is normal for people with ADHD. And I didn't want to argue with her. So I said, you know, sure, just let me know because if you want to go ahead and, and, you know, pay for the first, six, whatever, like, you know, we kind of had like this conversation. She decided she didn't want to, that's fine. But I talked to my husband about it later. And I said, I feel like, I feel like sometimes we assume that because it's common that we shouldn't do anything about it. And we still need to do something about it. You know what I mean? Like you right. have your notifications and your alarms. I have my notifications and alarms and do those glitch sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. But if we just kind of also have the attitude that, well, I tend to forget things completely sometimes, and that's just the way it is. That's the other side of the coin that I, I think yeah. some of us make that mistake on, is we tend to assume that, well, yeah, I have this problem, but that's just the way my brain works, and there's nothing that I can do about it. That's also not working with your brain. Working yeah. with your brain is is not ignoring it and and just kind of letting the world deal with it, and it's also not trying to change the way your brain works to change, to, to uh, try to make it so that you fit in with people who are neurotypical. It's kind of a balancing act. Yeah, no, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, for me, it's more about, okay, yeah, you got this diagnosis. Now it's not like I can just always push it off on that. It's like, okay, what are the tools that I need to help myself not be myself? <laughs> Uh, like, you know, basically once you have that, and I've explained this to people too, who have, um, there have been people who have written me saying, I don't have ADHD, but I think I have autism, you know, ah. and there's a lot of overlap between the two. And I have said to them, they go, but what's the point of getting an, an autism diagnosis? How does that change anything? And I've said, there is a point in getting the diagnosis in that then you know what tools to use. 
then you yeah. know what to what tools to research, what to look into. If you don't want to get a diagnosis, I always say diagnosis and medication are two very, very personal choices. I will never push anybody to go get a diagnosis, nor will I ever push anybody to get medicated because those are two things that, you know, you have to decide. That being said, I think that a diagnosis is horribly helpful because yes. then at that point you have, oh my gosh, I'm constantly late. Oh, but I know that that has something to do with ADHD. So what do people do with ADHD mm -hmm. to make it so that they're not late all the time? Gotcha. Right. Or um, I have a difficulty uh, remembering to do things, but I know that that's, that's attributed to my ADHD. How, what tools do people use to make that work? you know what tools to look for instead of consistently looking up productivity advice that's not dedicated to brains yeah. like yours. And you're like, that's not working. Why isn't it working? Is there something wrong with me? No, there's something wrong with the advice that you have gone to go use. So, right. Yeah. No. I, and I like that. So let's take a step back. So people are listening here and then, you know, they might be like, okay, so a lot of the things you've, you've said, I identify like those are those, those are me. I just thought it was just my personality. Right. How does one go about getting diagnosed? So whenever I tell people how I got diagnosed, they always expect it to be some sort of like Lord, Lord of the Rings-esque quest. But I, I uh, unfortunately for those people, it was actually quite easy for me. And so I hate always playing, I always going off of how I was diagnosed. However, I will say that there were some things that I did that I think would be behoove people and make it easier. The first being that if you do not have to um, and check into whether or not you have to, don't rely on your general practitioner to do uh, the evaluation or no. to give you their their expert opinion. But they don't um, have one. And I'm going to say right now, I don't have anything against doctors. My father is a doctor. I think, you know, Obviously, there are some issues with the medical industry, but overall, you know, I believe that most of them, the majority of people in the medical industry exist to help and they do mean well. That being said, they were not taught on the intricacies and the the nuance of ADHD. They are not going to be able to tell you much about whether or not they think you have it. So if you can, if you have to get a referral, get a referral. Mm -hmm. If you don't have to get a referral, and in some cases you do not, don't. The best way to find that out is to do a search. Um, you can go to chad.org, that's C-H-A-D-D.org, and they will have a nice list of practitioners there. You can just Google your area. Try to find places that have people who specialize in ADHD and ADHD evaluations and ask, say, Hey, do I have to have a referral to come to you? Or can I just come to you and you guys can do my evaluation? That's what happened with me. I I'm in kind of an impatient asshole. And so I was like, I could go to a doctor, but I really don't want to do that. <laughs> so I went ahead and I called and I asked and thankfully, luckily the place that I called was like, no, you don't need to. So, um, Sometimes you can just go straight past the first GP thing and just go straight to uh, getting evaluated. Right. And then when you do the evaluation, um, answer as honestly as you can. Some people, I think, want an answer so badly to mm -hmm. why am I like this? Why does this happen? Blah, 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 blah. That if they don't get an ADHD diagnosis, they assume that the doctor has done something wrong or that they weren't listened to, or that something was incorrect. Now you have the right to a second opinion at all times, even a third opinion. But if you don't get an ADHD diagnosis, that does not make your issues any less valid. Uh, and if you go in with the attitude, I am just going to find out what the deal is. Not mm -hmm. I'm going to get an ADHD diagnosis, right. but I want to find out what the deal is you are going to have a much easier time answering the questions. You're not going to feel quite as nervous about answering those questions. And you're going to be very open to, you know, the answers, whatever it might be. Um, and then just kind of have it in your head ahead of time that whether you are going to be medicated or not, that you would like to have some psychotherapy help if you can afford it. 
Um, I think a lot of people also, for some reason, think that ADHD medication is going to fix everything. Oh, and yeah. There was a saying that I read somewhere once that I love to say, and that's it's 50% pills, 50% skills. If you are going to do both, you don't just want to do medication and you don't just want to do therapy. Reason being that medication will work, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not going to work all the time. Yeah. So there are going to be times where your medication is just not going to work right. And you would love to have those tools to back up when your medication is not doing great. Right. Um, and sometimes, you know, you're going to have days where you're not really like the therapy's just not enough. And that's when the medication kicks in. So just kind of have it in your mind that if you can do it, if you can afford it, I understand that everybody can, that you are going to want to have therapy on top of the medication. Um and those would be like the three main things that I would say. Mine was just ridiculously smooth because right. of that. Um, I had a meeting within a week with the therapist for my evaluation. She evaluated me in about an hour. I wound up meeting up with a um, psychiatrist within a week and wound up having the medication. And then I met with that therapist for about a month or two. And it was a very, I don't want to say easy transition because it's never easy, but it was very smooth. And right. I think that that's probably the quickest way that you're going to get the answers you're looking for and that you're going to wind up feeling the least like you are making a huge, massive change in your life. Right. Because, you know, for many of us, in spite of ADHD, um, change is just freaks out everybody else. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's change is just scary in general. And then you add like, you know, a brain that has to have right. routine and it's like, what? Um, so yeah, you, you, you want to make it as easy a transition as possible. Right. Yeah. No. So, and I, and I liked what you said. So you basically like go and open, you know, it's like, I know something's off. I don't know what it is. And just go with that curiosity versus, yeah this is it, you know, curiosity is the perfect is the perfect term. Yeah. I worked with a, with a nutritionist who used that term and she was using it in terms of, um, like bodily responses to hunger mm. and yeah, things yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, but I think it's a great way to do just about anything that has to do with yourself, especially if you approach it with curiosity, you're more likely to get the answer than if you approach it with shame, with frustration, or with an idea in your head already as yeah. to what's going on. Yeah, no, it, it's absolutely um, essential, the curious, curious part. Because like some of us, especially if you've, you know, many of us are social media doctors, <laughs> Google <laughs> doctors, <laughs> and you can relate to a lot of the things that you see. So in your mind, you're like, well, that's it. Yep. And then, you know, like you said, you try to like massage the answers to get the outcome that you want. The, ex the perfect example is if any of you out there have ever Googled any any weird like yeah. symptom or, or something, WebMD is going to tell you you have cancer. <laughs> oh my God. All the time. All the time. You're, you're going to say like you, you found some like random like spot on your arm and you like Google it. And like the first thing it's like, here are the 10 things it could be like one, it could be like chocolate. You need to wash your body down to cancer, melanoma. You're right. you're, you're going to die. You're, Get your affairs like, in order. Right. You're like, <laughs> you'll, you'll skip past the chocolate, wash your body freckle. Yeah. You won't down. see the rest of it. You'll just see the cancer and, and you'll, cancer you'll freak like out. The like, thing on the list. And you're you like, can't do that. Yeah. I haven't been sleeping well. You have a brain tumor, you know, like you can't, you can't always go according to what you see on the internet, man. You cannot always trust that. Yeah. So I, I, I totally get that. So now you said that ADHD is more of a brain thing. So is it more brain and then behaviors come out of what's the transmissions in your brain or is it behaviors? So I am not a neuro neurologist and I want to make that horribly clear. Yeah. I majored in English and like, <laughs> I, I don't know y'all. Okay. I have changed, I've changed like majors in school and jobs so many times, like don't take medical advice for me. Um, <laughs> but from what I have researched about ADHD and read about ADHD, cause you know, this is what I do. So I read about this stuff all night long. Um, 
it is it is biological, mm. uh, largely biological. And when you are getting that diagnosis, those behaviors are coming from biological signals in your brain. Gotcha. They have done a lot of neurological tests and things like that on people with ADHD. And, you know, they've been able to find that certain parts of the brain light up certain ways. And when, you know, um, this makes me very sad because I love pizza and bread and things like that. But they found, you know, that when you are eating the Mediterranean diet, which is a lot of chicken, fish, vegetables, olive oil, very little dairy, uh, very little red meat, things like that, that the brain lights up certain ways, more protein, the brain light, lights up some way, certain ways, uh, zinc, omega-3s, things like that. Um, fun fact, they actually found that ADHD brains have an increase of theta brain waves in the time in times of crises. Now theta huh. brain waves, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but that's uh, a brain wave that we tend to get when we are trying to fall asleep. It tends to calm us. So people with ADHD generally tend to be more calm in the time of crisis. Now, you know, we we misplace our keys and we become anxious towers of oh why but if there's like real crisis we actually tend to be very good in times of crisis so um you know they have done neurological tests to show that our brains do fire differently but generally when you're going to get an evaluation or whatever they are going to go off of your your behaviors more than your brain oh that is interesting and i do it's funny that you say that because i do feel like in a crisis i'm like all right Let's be the voice yep. of use reason, but I lose my keys and my phone. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and you like <laughs> things that like, you know, like no one's going to die because I can't find my keys <laughs> or my, my this, phone. Exa- exactly. No, I'm the same way. I'll be like, if I misplace my phone. Okay. I'm like, where's my phone? Where did you go? Somebody call it. Where did I leave it? But the moment that like something really, truly horrible happens, I'm generally the one who's like, okay. We need to figure out what paperwork we need. We need to get this. We need to get that. Everybody, right. deep breath, calm down. It's <laughs> it's a very weird situation, but it's right. it's pretty funny. Yeah. And so the thing you so you also mentioned about medication. So like right now, if I were to scroll social media, probably because we've been talking about it for the last thirty minutes, I'm gonna <laughs> and it hurt us. So yeah, that's yeah, fine. I'm gonna scroll through, and every ad that's gonna pop up for me probably for the next three days is like take this. If you have ADHD, take that, drink this, drink that. <laughs> and so if I'm someone who is like, you know, maybe I don't want to go get a diagnosis, but I'm going to take this magic elixir and it's going to make all my problems go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're asking what my, my say, no, no, and, I, and I, I, I love that. I, I mean, I loved what you said. And I think this applies to everything out there. 50%. Yeah pills, medication, prescription, whatever, 50, then 50% skills. Because it's like, like you said, like, yeah, some days the pills are going to be spot on. And other days the pills are like, yeah, I got nothing for you today. No, I mean, especially if, and, and I have been obsessed, <laughs> talking about obsessions here, guys, obsessions and in, in hyper-focus. Um, I have been obsessively reading up on this, um, doing some work in the herbalist space to learn about this, especially if you have hormonal issues. If you are, um, I'm trying to think of how to put this because I don't want to say if you are a woman because not everybody who has, you know, female hormones is a woman, female hormones. Okay. Luteinizing hormone, uh, follicular hormone, follicular something, something hormone. I forgot what it's called exactly. But if you're dealing with female hormones, your chances of having problems with your medication, not working very well are higher. So gotcha. you need to definitely have those tools in your, in your possession at that time, because, um, <laughs> I'm going to try very hard not to go into like a very long thing about this. This is something that I'm I'm very passionate about because when I said the medical community doesn't do enough work, one of the things I meant is for, for women, like, I feel like oh. they're here to help, but don't get me no. started on sexism in medicine. Don't. No, no. Oh, don't. I can. I. You and I could go. We could have a whole podcast on that. Because... <laughs> have to have another episode on that one, right? Um, but there has not been enough study on premenstrual dysmorphic disorder, which actually affects 
about 40% of women with ADHD. Premenstrual dysmorphic disorder, for those of you who may be new to this, is like PMS times a thousand, okay? Yeah. It includes uh, depression, but very bad depression. It can, it can include, um, all of the usual things like bloating and nausea and, uh, mood swings and all of that, but it's worse and it lasts for longer. We're mm -hmm. talking sometimes the date of ovulation until the day your period starts. Sometimes it will be anywhere from, from, I think the rule is seven to 11 days before your period starts until the day your period starts. It's hell. It's a it's a terrible way to be. And one of the rough things about PMDD is that it gets in the way of your medication. If you mm. are taking medication during the time that PMDD is is happening, you are going to feel like you're not taking anything. Right. And on top of that, you're going to be feeling really depressed and sad and mood swingy. And it's a really bad time. And so that's when you really kind of need to understand what's going on and you need those tools in place to help you understand what's happening. Um, and this goes even more for people with autism, because I think the number for people with autism was something insane. I, I want to say it was 94%, but I'd have to go back and look. Wow. It's very high for women with autism. Um, very high. And so, you know, when you're dealing with that, there's even, uh, there's a bunch of theories going on out there because it's not really looked at as much as it should be. Uh, there are theories out there that it's not even a hormonal imbalance. So if you've gone and you've gotten your hormones tested and they're normal, that's actually quite common for women with PMDD. It turns out yeah. that if it might be more of like your body's having an allergic reaction, for lack of a better term, uh, to your hormonal shifts, which are normal in any cycle. But because we're more, more sensitive to that, anytime that anything in your hormonal levels change, you're going to feel like crap. You're going to suddenly have an increase in, in your symptoms with not a lot of relief coming from medication. So all of that to say, when you back up, that if you are not equipped with the tools to deal with when your medication's not working, and by tools, I don't just mean... Um, physical things. I don't just mean, oh, well, productivity ideas. I mean, also being able to give yourself compassion, being yeah. able to understand that you need to be nice to yourself, uh, understanding when you just really kind of need to roll with that energy and only do the things that you have the energy to do. If you don't have those tools in your toolbox, it's going to be a really rough, like two weeks for you every single month. So yeah. It means a lot in so many different ways, especially for people who have female hormones, but for everybody with ADHD, for sure. Yeah. No, and, and I like that because I, I feel that, you know, many times you, you know, the medical community makes you think, take this pill and you're good. Have mm -hmm. a good life. Um, yep. And... I like that, you know, because I know that many of the people who I know who are on ADHD medications, some of them, they just feel like they feel worse on them. Mm -hmm. So it's not even a, even though you get the prescription, you take it, you're like, you know what? I was doing a little bit better without it. And that's so. totally possible. It's totally possible, you guys. And again, I, I, I just want to, <laughs> I want to make this very clear. I am not, I, I am not trashing anybody out there who's in the medical community. I highly highly respect you guys like uh, my dad half of the stuff that i've watched him do i'm like i don't have the patience for that thank you for thank you thank you for not pr pressuring me to be a doctor because i would have i like I oh find my god yeah yeah i find medicine and biology super interesting but some of the things that my dad has had to put up with i just i just wouldn't i could do it <laughs> yeah couldn't do it no but you do have to keep in mind that Biology is only part of it. Yeah. Biology is only part of it. And all that the pills are going to target is your biology. And everybody's biology is so different that sometimes the pills that work really well, like I, I'll give you an example. I really, really wanted to come off of the medication that I was on before because down here it's super expensive. I'm no longer medicated, by the way. I take care of everything through herbs and through those tools I told you about. And is it perfect? No. But I could not. I could not put up with spending hundreds of dollars every month 
just mm. for one bottle of pills. Yeah. So I stopped. Um, and one of the medications that I was looking at that is supposed to be good for ADHD is not actually a an ADHD medication. It's an de- antidepressant, but uh. it has been found to be good for people with ADHD as well. And I started doing a little bit of research because I was like, hey, maybe I can take this. It's much cheaper here, you know. Uh, and I got super frustrated because I would read one post and someone would be like, it fixed it. It fixed my ADHD. It fixed my energy problems. I am having an amazing time and I will never come off of this. And, and it's the best medication forever and ever. Amen. Then I would go to the next post and someone would be like, I took it and it made me puke for three days and I never want to touch it again. And all it takes is reading about one medication to realize that no matter how much mm. a commercial promises you that it's going to fix all of your issues and that it works for everybody. No medication is going to work for everybody. And it's totally and completely okay to realize that this, this doesn't work for me. I don't want to do it this way. I want to do it a different way. That's okay. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I've been on this medication, but I'm really miserable. And I just would rather try to look into other options. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously speak to your, your doctor first, just to make sure that's not going to cause any like big health problems for you, but then do it. It's okay. You know, don't, don't feel like you failed or don't feel like you, you have to force yourself to try just because medication works for other people. That's not the way that this works. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, as you were, as you were saying that, I feel that we've just been educated mm-hmm. that pharmaceuticals solve everything. You know, we've been, we've, you know, we have such hope that, you know, as I started the show, we had such hope that once you like get this label mm-hmm. that all of your problems, problems will be fixed. just, yeah. you know, like pixie dust and then it'll yeah. just solve everything where, you know, you still have to participate in, like you said, the tools, right? It's yeah. like, I don't believe that if I went on medication, that I wouldn't have to still, still set alarms. Like, I don't yeah. think, I don't yeah. think that was like that part of me. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I can say like, it's because I don't want to change. It's like, but I don't want to feel that I'll miss out again. If I mm. don't give myself these little tools that I maybe, you know, and like, like, um, Ariana said, we're not knocking you. If you medications, your jam rock with your bad self. What I'm saying is what we're saying is that it's like curiosity again, like yes. what, what's in all the things that's out there. What is the rebel possibility for you? And just like in any diet, nutrition, anything I've ever said to you, any person I've ever brought on here, like this is information because I always feel that many of us don't question medical professionals not in a like you know interrogation way but more like if they say shit to you that you're like i don't understand what you're saying we don't say i don't understand what you're saying yeah. we just kind of we, like we feel afraid to do that and that's something that you know i i neglected to say when you asked about the evaluation one thing that i want to make clear to you is that if you do have to get a referral and you ask your general practitioner hey can i get a referral because i think i might have adhd your doctor, there is no, there is no, nothing that's going to hurt you, no harm in getting evaluated. So I can't think of a reason why your doctor should tell you no. And if you are like really, really wanting to, you have to understand that you guys need to be a team on this. And the best way to put this to your doctor is to say, for my peace of mind, I would like to have an ADHD evaluation. No doctor worth their salt is going to hear you say that and is going to say, yeah, but still no. And if they do, then you need to start working on trying to find a different doctor. Doctors are supposed to be on your side. They're supposed to be on your team. Granted, I want to make that clear. That does not mean that they always need to be doing what you say, especially if they think that it's going to hurt you further. Uh, But they are supposed to be helping you. And just like you would with anybody who is supposed to be helping you. You need to be willing to ask for what you want and to ask when you don't understand something. Yeah, agreed. And I know that it took me a long time. You know, a lot of things I just accepted. It took me a lot of time to find like, um, doctor so-and-so, like, 
I don't get it. Could you like re-explain that to me? Mm -hmm. Or if I, you know, did my research and I came in and I said, you know, I want to get, I want to get, you know, uh, evaluated for ADHD. I want to get, go on hormones, whatever. And they're like, then you're like, no, I need to get a second opinion because Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to have the conversation, that's, that's a immediate no for me. Like, right. Have the conversation. You might have your opinion. I'm going to have my opinion, but at least we have the conversation. Right. You don't kind of gaslight me into thinking like I don't need it. Right. It's it's something where, you know, unfortunately, there are some doctors out there who speak to their patients like children and don't feel like they need to explain their reasoning. Yeah. And you have to understand that because I said so is not an okay reason when you're talking to an adult. You have to right. be able to explain why. And if they don't understand, you need to be able to put it in, in ways that they do understand. Right. That's the fair way to treat any adult, really. So. Right. I'm not a five-year-old asking why I can't have a sugar cereal at, yeah. at the grocery store. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Because I said so works in that situation. Exactly. But it does not work in a situation where I am asking something connected to my health or my mental health or my body. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like I, you know, I got to tell you, this has been more than I expected. I was like, I'm like, I, you know, I was going to my calls. I'm like, you know, they, these people that just, they totally just seem like they just get it and my people will get them and you come on and I'm like, damn, so good. I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like you and I could talk for hours about, like, we could go through a whole spectrum of things. And um, for you magic makers, if you're listening, I know that you've gotten something out of this, especially if you feel like, oh my God, that's me, you know, how to now go through the path. And I just appreciate your time. I'm so grateful that I found you um, to bring you into my audience and to yeah, like- same really follower like like I said like it's just I love just basic like I am a basic person I need basic information um and the one thing I always ask all of my um people before I close the show is like what's one thing that makes you feel magical um and you know I've been thinking on this (laughs) um the thing that makes me feel magical I think is gratitude if I was going to put it that way um I know that that's something that's probably making some people roll their eyes like, okay, whatever. And it's like, (laughs) listen, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, uh, actually, you know, it's an ongoing joke amongst my friends that I I am not an optimist really. Mm. Like I I should say, I'm not a toxic optimist. I'm not a person who sits there and says, everything's great just because I want to believe everything's great. But I try often to sit back and force myself to be in the moment and look at what I have Mm -hmm. and be happy for the positive things that are in that moment. Do I always do it? Is it always well done? No. But when I do it, I do tend to feel quite magical. It does tend to feel quite nice. Awesome. I I do love that. And you're right. I I feel that um, gratitude gets like like so much like toxic positivity around that. Mm -hmm. But I love the be in the moment. And I feel that so many of us struggle with that, like ADHD brains, especially. And that's why, you know, I'm never saying it to be annoying. I am like, I hope that you can hear from my voice, that I am not a person who's like, you know, meditate in the moon and then suddenly everything will be saved and fixed. And that's not the way that this works. But meditation does help. It Mm. really honestly does. Meditation helps. Gratitude helps. These are things that teach the ADHD brain to pull itself from wherever it's trying to lead, go back to where you are in that moment. It is so helpful for anxiety. It's helpful for ADHD. And uh, I, I can't, I cannot recommend it enough. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, my brain does tend to want to go to the zoo when I'm here, then right. That's a great way to learn to be uh, grateful and to learn to be mindful and to learn to be in the moment for sure. Well, I absolutely love that. And so uh, ladies, where can, uh, Ariana, where can my ladies find you on the socials? So you can find me on Instagram at the Ari Bradford um, is my handle. You can also find me on YouTube. My channel is called ADH done. I do a lot of app reviews on there, like kind of looking at reviews from an ADHD friendly standpoint. Mm. And, uh, I also tend to talk about, um, productivity 
methods that I use that generally tend to help me stay on, on course. And, um, yeah, you can also find me at my, uh, my website. I have two. I have my ADHD website, which is your And then I also have the arianabradford.com, which is where you can actually find more of the stuff I do, where I talk about herbalism. I talk about, um, writing. I talk about ADHD. I talk about living in Costa Rica. So yeah, you kind of have a couple ways to find me. Perfect. 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 Oh, magic makers. I hope you got as much out of this uh, episode as I did. Um, and if you are one of those people who identify ADHD or actually have been diagnosed and you have something that you want to add on, love to hear from you. You know, I'm sure Ariane would love to hear any apps that you're like, Hey, I've been trying this app and it sucks for sure. trying this app. And you know, what do you think? Um, absolutely feel free to reach out to her and follow her on Instagram. She does, even if you're not, uh, ADHD, she does a lot of like, I think just very like to the point, like life comments, commentaries. So ladies, enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much, Ariana, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.